Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yeah, welcome to a new edition of Warriors 24-7. This is a spinoff of The Rick Barry Show. I'm your host, Cyrus Sotsas. You can follow me on Twitter at DogSurfRoadShow. And follow all the programs under the Warriors 24 Podcast Network on all social media platforms at Warriors24Pod. My compadre, my, my partner in crime on these shows, Rick Barry, the Hall of Famer, one of the greatest players in the history of the game, and just one of the greatest all-around dudes on the planet. The man has a huge heart. He pursues greatness. He is greatness. Rick Barry um, is not joining me today. Um, we're gonna we're gonna uh, get back together next week for a new edition of the Rick Barry Show. Guests to be determined. Um, but uh, Rick just got back from his fishing trip in Alaska, and um, it was I was I, I, I'm a little worried about the guy. He, he every year he comes back from those trips, he's so happy. He's elated. He has amazing stories to tell of the huge fish he caught. Um, he went with his former uh, 1975 uh, Golden State Warriors World Championship team teammate, uh, Clifford Ray, who was a recent guest on the show. And if you're a subscriber to this network, uh, you probably heard that show by now. Um, they went there together among, I'm guessing, other people. And he told me it was not it was the worst trip he'd ever been on. Um, I never seen... It was one of the rare moments where Rick Barry sent me a text message that was not... Positive, and, and uh, I felt for the man. And uh, when we do a show together next week, I'm sure he'll explain um, why his Alaska fishing trip did not go that great. But we are not here to talk about Rick's fishing trips. We're here to talk about the Warriors. Time to take a quick break to talk to you about our longtime sponsor, Bet Online. I use them myself. I go to BetOnline.ag regularly. I do wish they would give me some free money to play with. I want some free money to play with. Can I have some free money to play with? <laughs> Bet online is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Again, that promo code is NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. I'm Al Simon, 91 years young. I created Balance 7 20 years ago. I don't believe God intended for us to be old and sick. For 10 years, I studied pH and how important it is to the immune system. No doctor or hospital can do what Balance 7 can do for you. Balance 7 is the key to unlocking a healthy immune system. In three days' time, you'll feel more energy, less joint discomfort, and clarity of thinking. Bring your body back to balance. Order now and receive free shipping and a free bottle of my Skin. Use the code word AL. I'm all by myself today, which is not normally the case, but given what's been going on lately with the team, there's some late-breaking news, just a lot of stuff going on that needs to be tackled, and I'm going to be here to address it for you. Um, first of all, I guess we're going to start with Joe Lacob, who is one half of the ownership team um, 
with with uh, with uh, Peter Gruber. And I need to emphasize first and foremost that Joe Lacob and Gruber are billionaires with a B as in boy. And when someone has accrued that much wealth, and they, on top of that, they own a Golden State Warriors franchise that is worth multiple billions of dollars. They have real estate holdings that are worth billions of dollars. And the Warriors themselves, let's not forget, it's not like they just hemorrhage money every year. They are also earning revenue. I mean, the team as a whole might be losing a little money each year. But I just cannot sit here and cry tears for a fucking billionaire. It's an astronomical amount of money. Imagine if you had $100 million in your bank account. You'd be set for at least 10 lifetimes. And then multiply that times 10. And then multiply that times however many billions he has. That's Joe Lacob. So when he's making comments and making decisions pertaining to the bottom line, excuse me if I'm just not that thrilled about it. Now, let me say this. As someone who's been a Warriors fan since the 80s, my earliest memories involved Sleepy Floyd in this historic 29-point playoff record quarter against the Lakers in 1987 and record 39-point half. And we're going to get Sleepy on the show soon. I've been in, in a communication with Sleepy for a while now. We're just trying to nail down a, a good day and time to have him on. Um, but, you know, I, I've been following this team forever. I love this team. My emotions are sadly tied in directly to how the Warriors do. And I, honest to God, until Laka bought this team and took over in, what, like 2012, whenever that was, I had never in my lifetime would have imagined that the Warriors would have won a championship, let alone have the most dominant five-year run in NBA history with those three rings as part of the process. So I'm never going to sit here and... Not and 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 hate on Lacob and Gruber, um, even though it might come off as that sometimes. I mean, look, it, it, as part of hosting a podcast, as part of being a media personality, I mean, I, I do pride myself on my credibility. I don't spew lies. I don't sit here and BS you. Um, but look, this is a show. I mean, it, you know, part of this is just spewing my opinions and takes and whatnot. So on one hand. For the rest of my life, I'm going to love Joe Lacob and Peter Gruber and everyone involved with that dynasty for bringing me such joy and for making what I thought was going to be nothing more than a fantasy and a dream a reality. The Warriors winning a fucking world championship, let alone three of them. But this last offseason was the first time under this ownership, or at least since they started winning titles, that I sincerely questioned them. And what I mean by that is there were a lot of decisions made this offseason that were questionable, that I think weren't the best decisions, um, and they were made to save money. Lacob was just interviewed by, I believe, Rusty Simmons of the San Francisco Chronicle. And by the way, on a side note, I don't know if I'm going to have time fitting it in on this podcast today or on, on another show, but I have a huge beef with the San Francisco Chronicle simply because I wrote for them from 2010 to 2012, and they recently just scrubbed all my content. They scrubbed my author page, all my bylines that have been sitting on sfgate.com for, for 10 years, just gone for no good reason. And I'm sorry, but to me, one of the principal tenets of journalism is transparency. And when their cocksucking editors are sitting here not even telling me why my content is purged, 
Apparently, my stories were part of what they call a blogging platform, even though about half of my stories were legitimate news stories that were featured on the top of the page as news stories. And they just got rid of me and acted like I don't even exist. So I got a whole of beef with them. And that's for another day. I'm going to write a story about that because that's just it's just there's nothing that resembles journalistic integrity um, to simply just delete an author that wrote for you for two years and act like they never existed. But uh, that's I digress. My point is Rusty Simmons of the San Francisco San Francisco Chronicle interviewed Joe Lacob and Lacob came out and, and and you know talked about how Ben Simmons would not be a good fit on the Warriors partly a because of how him and Draymond uh, play a very similar style and you could debate that I mean they do have a lot of similarities um, but he also mentioned that Ben Simmons salary structure didn't fit um, newsflash the only way you're getting Ben Simmons is if you trade someone else of equal or close to equal salary value which means Wiggins would have to be a part of that trade and believe me I'm talking about Andrew Wiggins in just a second for the utter ignorance and stupidity that's been coming out of his decision making lately but what, what Lakin was basically saying is because Simmons still has four years left on his contract and he's making close to 40 million dollars a year which is a little more than what Wiggins is making that he wouldn't want him because it costs money. Dude, you're a billionaire. I mean, you're not even hiding anymore the fact that you're, you're kind of turning into a cheapskate. And I just don't understand what's going on there. My issue with that approach is that when it comes to sports, I do not think good ownership means treating your organization like a business, means worrying about the bottom line. Call me old school. I come from the Eddie D school of sports ownership. You spend to win. I've never seen a team win a championship when they're worried about the bottom line. I completely understand the Warriors are spending way more than any other team, but that is also the price you pay when you win a dynasty with your core talent being young. You're going to have to extend those contracts and give those guys max deals, and you're going to have to go into luxury tax territory. That's just part of the deal. That's how it works. So my my, my principal beef, I guess, is that The Warriors could have had Paul Millsap for the mid-level exception, which they still have not used. They reportedly offered the mid-level exception or close to that to Kent fucking Bazemore. Kent Bazemore, who's okay at best, but Paul Millsap, who would have given you the rebounding you desperately need, because right now this team is small, who would have given you the low post scoring you need because you have none of that right now. And you chose to save money instead of adding a player that would have been vital for a world championship pursuit. Stephen Curry is still in his prime. Draymond Green, a lot of people saying he's lost a step. Maybe. My friend Larry Kruger said he he noticed the, the step being lost in the sense that he doesn't get to rebounds as quickly as he used to. Other people cite the fact that his offensive productivity is down in terms of scoring, although those assist numbers are getting higher and higher. I really don't see him in, uh, losing a step. I just think he's been playing the last two, three years without the same amount of help that he's been accustomed to, and the numbers are reflecting that. I, I don't think he's lost a step, in my opinion. Um, and, and in all honesty, the Olympics should have been proof of that. He played phenomenally in the Olympics. But Joe Lacob, man, I mean, and Gruber, who's who's takes on more of a silent role. Lacob's like really more the face of the franchise in terms of ownership, even though they both own the team. I mean, I, it just disappoints me. It just disappoints me that um, they're deciding to save money instead of doing whatever they can to win a chip. Another example of this is when uh, the Stephen Curry uh, contract extensions are going on. 
uh, Lacob and company reportedly didn't want to um, offer Stephen Curry that fourth year. I mean, why would you not? I mean, in my opinion, if you're going to offer Stephen Curry an extension, tack on 5% ownership of the team. The man is Bay Area legend. The man is arguably the biggest sports hero in Bay Area history. Sorry, Willie Mays, Joe Montana, possibly an exception. But Steph Curry is a sports god in the Bay Area. How do you not just hand him whatever he wants? You know, and again, you're not Al Davis, who's kind of broke and running a team despite not being filthy rich. You are billionaires. You have enough money to last you a thousand lifetimes. You can afford to spend the extra money on personnel. And I do not understand why they're not doing that. With that said, though, again, for the rest of my life, Joe, Peter, to a lesser extent, Bob Myers, I'm always going to love you. You won. You brought three championships to the Warriors, and I, I can, I can, I'm never going to forget that. I have an old adage when it comes to sports that shit rolls from the top, and that applies both when things are going bad and also when things are going good. And Lacob was the man in charge when the Warriors won three championships. But if you want to keep this going... This Warriors team, I really strongly believe if they, if they had added Paul Millsap or another big man, uh, a quality big man veteran, they would their odds of winning the championship this year would just be astronomically higher than they are now. Because the problem with the Warriors roster when you look at it, and Rick and I have analyzed this extensively and we're going to analyze it again when training camp starts soon, is that they are small. Your starting center is James Wiseman, who is could be awesome at seven foot one, but he's going to miss all the training camp and might not be available for the start of the season. Which means Kevon Looney is your starter at that point. Kevon Looney, he's like six eight six nine. That's your starting center. Draymond Green, your power forward, is six six with shoes on. The only big man coming off the bench is Bialeka. Bialeka. I really hope I'm pronouncing that right who a lot of people say could be the steal of the of the offseason in terms of free agent acquisitions. But, you know, I've, I, people say great things about him. He is a big man. But at the same time, when he was on the Miami Heat last year, did you see him play at all in the postseason? He got no minutes. He was available for the veteran minimum. There are reasons for that. So the Warriors still need size. And Paul Millsap would have been an incredibly valuable addition for easy low post scoring, which the team has not had really since David Lee, maybe David West. And and he would have really fit that David West veteran big man role perfectly. He's a tough, strong inside presence. He can shoot the three. He can rebound. He could have played small ball five if he needed him. And I, I just, I you know, I'm just not happy with the fact that they opted not to spend the extra money to get him. You know, that I thought that was a missed opportunity there. Now, going on to uh, Andrew Wiggins. As uh, For those of you following the Warriors, you probably have followed this story. Andrew Wiggins has um, decided, despite being consulted by a medical professional, a doctor who sat him down and told him all the miserable deaths, all the suffering that doctors seen with their eyes because of people suffering from COVID, that doctor told Andrew Wiggins how safe the vaccine is 
There is literally no evidence of any kind that the vaccine is not a safe measure of protection. None. None. I mean, there... The only evidence is the same evidence that applies to your typical flu vaccine, which is a 1 in 500,000 chance of getting Legionnaire's disease. I mean, that would suck, but 1 in 500,000? That's the only thing that's ever been proven as a side effect besides not feeling good for like a day or so because your immune system's suddenly ramped up from the vaccine. But Andrew Wiggins is stubbornly... And he's not speaking publicly about it, and I totally understand why, because how can you defend it? But he's refusing to take the vaccine. Now, if he was playing for any other team besides the Warriors, the Knicks, or the Nets, wouldn't be that big of a deal, because every other, because every other team in the league is playing in a city that is not mandating vaccines inside indoor areas with large gatherings. San Francisco is. Andrew Wiggins is reportedly seeking a religious exemption from the NBA to take the vaccine, and he's reportedly going to get it. I don't know how that's possible. Uh, my day job is I'm a professor, right? I love academia. I love higher education. I'm an intellectually curious person. And during one of my uh, meetings uh, last month, which is part of, uh, at the beginning of every semester, you know, faculty get together for seminars and for meetings. And, and during one of the meetings, I was alongside uh, uh, someone who was teaching in the nursing program, a medical professional. And I actually asked them, I'm like, what religion grants you an exemption from a vaccine? You know, like, how is that even allowed? And she, and she told me the only two religions that she's aware of where uh, at least governments have accepted these exemptions based on the fact that the religions apparently do stated clearly enough, even though I don't know how that's even possible, but Jehovah's Witnesses and certain sects of the Amish population are the only ones that have a legitimate exemption from vaccines. Um, unless Andrew Wiggins fits in one of those two, how the fuck is he getting a religious exemption? And this ignorance, I mean, I've kind of lost my patience in general with the anti-vaxxers simply because... At this point, the only way this thing is ever going to fully go away is if everyone's vaccinated. I mean, if, if this kind of approach was happening in the, you know, in the 1950s or whenever the measles vaccine, uh, tuberculosis, various other vaccines were being released that eliminated these viruses from society. If this kind of ignorance and rampant misinformation that is causing so much of this dissent and people calling out the tired freedom trope for not wanting to put a vaccine in their body. Could you imagine just measles being everywhere? Tuberculosis and all the other nasty diseases that could still be running around rampant? And that's what COVID is. It's a, it's a, it's a virus that could be eliminated if everyone took a vaccine that is proven to be safe and effective. But you have so many people, for various reasons, completely ignorant reasons, Refusing to take this vaccine, Andrew Wiggins included, and because of San Francisco's rules, there's a strong possibility that Andrew Wiggins could miss half the season. 41 home games that he might not be eligible for. Now, in the reality of things, there's a, there's a, and I've been researching this enough to come to the conclusion that um, in all likelihood, if the NBA gives Wiggins that religious exemption, so too will the city of San Francisco. 
So this probably won't be a big deal in the big picture. But the ignorance of his decision, because athletes are role models, whether they like it or not, whether or not Charles Barkley was correct or not, in the old days when his slogan, I am not a role model, you are. Kids look up to you. People look up to you. You influence a lot of people. Act the part. And and shame on Andrew Wiggins, man. That is just a stupid decision. And, you know, and 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 if the city of San Francisco does hold firm, and honestly, I'm not gonna blame them if they do, because California Newsflash, with our COVID regulations, are keeping this thing at bay much more than nearly the rest of the entire country. And we're the most populated state in the country. These measures work. Masks work. Vaccines work. Social distancing works. And if Andrew Wiggins is forced to miss half the season, you need to trade his ass immediately. Now, I don't know what the Philadelphia 76ers are asking for Ben Simmons. For a long time, I was not interested at all in trading for him. My personal feeling is that you don't deal with Dork Elvis. Okay, Daryl Morey, their GM, is a swindler. He thinks he's way smarter than he is. He's never going to make a trade that gives the other team a fair deal. And so what's the point in dealing with someone like that, right? Uh, so I don't know what he's going to be asking for for Simmons. But if, if, if he would accept a deal that does not involve the Warriors giving up Kaminga or Moody... I, under no circumstance, in my opinion, should you be giving up Jonathan Kaminga for anyone. Jonathan Kaminga, my God, in my humble opinion, is going to be a fucking superstar in this league. He has the physical tools that one year in the G League really advances game in terms of playing against pros versus college players. And that's a whole other subject, by the way. I need to do my research on what this G League program is exactly, because between him and, and Jalen Green, I believe that's his name, the second pick from the Rockets, who also played on that that special G League program. I think it's, I think it's called G League Ignite. It's basically an alternative for uh, uh, basketball players coming out of high school who, who don't want to play college and they want to get into the pros immediately. They're allowed to play for a year under this G League program and then get drafted after that, which is what those two players did. And those two players look amazing. Um, so I think you're, there's going to be a trend of, of more and more high school players coming out and playing in that G League because they're also making money in the process. Um, whereas if you go to college, although I guess the rules are changing in college, so you can make money there too. So who knows? But and whatever, I digress. The point is, you don't trade Kaminga. I don't want to trade Moses Moody either. I think those two are cornerstones of this team's future. But if you can trade Wiseman... I mean, I like Wiseman too, but he just hasn't proven anything. I mean, for all we know, he might be an injury-prone player his entire career. There's no history to base anything on with him. So if, if you can trade Wiseman and Wiggins for Ben Simmons, you do it. You absolutely do it at this point. I say go for it. And um, and honestly, if you can get if you can offer the same deal to the Raptors, maybe throw in a future first-round pick for Pascal Siakam, you do it. And by the way, Pascal Siakam, I still maintain, if the Warriors made a move for him, they would be immediate world championship contenders. People are just are really forgetting just how good of a player he is. He was the second best player on a championship team. I know that team loses to the Warriors if Durant's healthy, maybe even if Clay stays healthy, but they still won the chip. And he was the second best player. He has tremendous abilities in the post. He would be playing the five for the team, but... 
Wiggins, man, you, I, you know, I was, I was fighting for you when, when the team first got um, uh, D'Angelo Russell. I was saying from the beginning, it's on tape, man. And the folks that believe uh, Podcast Network even made infographics showing me talking about that, pushing for that trade months before the Warriors did it. I thought Wiggins would be a great fit. I still do. But this is just fucking disappointing. This is just, I mean, this is, it's utterly deplorable to make a decision like that, to just decide to not vaccinate yourself and not even, not even explain why. I, I really just don't get that. And it, it's such a, a poor decision. And if the city of San Francisco holds on to this rule and he's forced to miss half the games, you have to trade him. It does suck that the Warriors are going to lose some leverage in the process, but I mean, the 76ers don't have much leverage either right now if Simmons refuses to report to camp. And no one believes Simmons can shoot. You know, Wiggins is not that much greater of a shooter. People are forgetting really quickly, by the way, how poor Wiggins played in that playing game or the two playing games. Um, but yeah, I mean, Andrew Wiggins, man, this is, I don't, I, I, I'm almost at a loss for words, which is a horrible thing in a, on a, for a podcast, but over just how disappointed I am in this very ignorant decision on his part. At least explain yourself. Like, what's your reasoning? If your reasoning is fear, what are you afraid of? I mean, what are you afraid of? There is no scientific evidence of any kind that shows this vaccine can cause long-term damage or even short-term damage other than feeling run down for a day or so. There's no evidence. Vaccines are safe, folks. I'm tired of this ignorance of these stupid conspiracy theories of the misinformation that comes from random discussion boards and random individuals. And, and just remember, conspiracy theorists hold on to the one person that dissents from the thousands of others. For every one, There's only one scientist that's ever published anything about vaccines. And this was 20, 30 years ago where this fucking moron pu- published something that slipped through the peer editing cracks of the scientific community. That's, and he stated that that vaccines cause autism. Ever since then, that article is disproven. That man, that individual has been discredited. Thousands of articles of research since have shown vaccines are safe. But these moronic, cynical conspiracy theorists just hold on to that one person. Why is that one person right when everyone else is wrong? Where's the logic in that? It's insane. It's utterly insane. So Andrew Wiggins, shame on you. And I do hope you 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 mea culpa this in some regard, and um, you know, and if you don't, at least I hope the city of San Francisco either gives you that exemption because the team will need him if they want success this year, or let's hope the Warriors trade him. I would not care at this point. Now, the last thing to talk about. Oh, and by the way, real quick, I, I need to uh, uh, insert this clip right here. Stephen A. Smith also uh, uh, talked about Andrew Wiggins, and uh, he was on first take a couple days ago. I'm recording this, by the way, on Friday morning. Uh, this is September 24th. Happy birthday to my fiance, Aaron Beaton. Love you. Um, and Stephen A. Smith went off on a rant about Andrew Wiggins, and here it is. How should the Warriors handle this situation? They should trade Andrew Wiggins today. Period. Get, get rid of him. Send him someplace else. 
This is not a hard situation. It's not a hard decision for me. I understand he's averaging 18 points a game from last season. He's no scrub. He can play even though it's the quietest 18-point-per-game scorer I've ever seen. That's just how I feel about him. I'm not saying he can't play. I'm saying he's not assertive when he needs to be. And as a result, that's why I don't think that great of him, even though I know he can play. But this situation with the vaccination really has me vexed in this regard. And I think it's important to point out. Andrew Wiggins right now, because of the vaccination mandate in the city of San Francisco, would not be able to play in 41 home games for the Golden State Warriors. Then what you need him for, what good is he to you? Now, the only state right now, the only cities right now in the Mm -hmm. NBA that have those vaccination mandates are New York City Mm -hmm. and San Francisco, which means that KD and Kyrie and them in Brooklyn, I don't know their status, but it could be problematic for them. It could be problematic for the New York Knicks, of course. So those are issues that you have to deal with. Golden State Warriors about to compete for a championship. Klay Thompson's coming back. Steph Curry's there, okay? And by the way, you know, once upon a time, I was pushing Trey Wiggins along with another player in two first-round picks or whatever to go and get yourself Ben Simmons. But they don't believe Ben Simmons and Draymond Green meshes. But my issue with the vaccination... I will repeat what I said the other day. I'm not going after athletes or anybody else. But in the NBA, you got the coaches, you got the medical staff, NBA personnel. Everybody has to be vaccinated. The only people that don't have to be is the players. Makes no sense to me. I know they can't do it because you got to negotiate that with the Players Association. But still in all, it's a bad situation. Yeah, thank you, Stephen A. Smith. You are an entertaining individual, sir. And in this case, you are 100% correct. Um, The last thing I want to touch on is uh, the the Golden State Warriors have um, made some moves this morning. And they're moves that I am incredibly excited about. I'm very happy to be ending this podcast on a positive note because to me, it, it's been a while since they've made a move that I'm incredibly happy with. Um, and what I mean by that is, is that this morning the Warriors announced that they are signing Avery Bradley. Thank you. That is the first sensical move they have made. I mean, really in a while. I mean, I look, Otto Porter Jr. was an awesome addition. If he's healthy. Bialika, I have no idea about might be a great signing, but we don't know at this point. But the draft picks, Kaminga and Moody, super happy about. Um, and now Avery Bradley, a man who can shoot the three, a man who can defend. He is not old. I believe he is in his early 30s. In fact, I'm looking up him up right now in terms of his age. Um, great pickup. Okay, like that is that is great news because what this likely means is that is that and look, I have no disrespect towards Mark Mulder. Is it Mark Mulder? Am I thinking of the baseball player? Or is it Mike Mulder? Uh, anyways, um, I have no disrespect towards Mulder, but. He, if you're if you're a team that wants to legitimately contend for a world championship, he is not your guy. 
Exciting news! Our podcast is partnering with PlayActionPools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sport we love most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our PlayActionPools.com Football Pick'em Challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. Sign up for our contest, Believe Football Pick'em, at PlayActionPools.com, and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select the 10 highest-profile games of the week between NFL and college football. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. On a side note, I love both those brands. I would like some freebies, please. Again, go to PlayActionPools.com and sign up for the contest Believe Football Pick'em. Again, that's Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Football Pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor, Pick'em, as well as a cool sportsbook-style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. I I can't remember how many times last year... um, the ball was in Mulder's hands, and they and they desperately needed a big shot from him. His, his entire reason he's on the Warriors is for his outside shooting, right? And I, I can't, I mean, I, I have so many memories of him, and it's Michael Mulder. I, I apologize. I kept calling him Mark. What a brain fart that was. Thinking back to the old A's pitcher. Uh, Michael Mulder is, is just not a player that is part of a championship team. Um, I also, I, I really like Damian Lee, but I don't know if he's a player that's belongs on a championship roster. Um, so the fact that they added Avery Bradley and thrill, I'm, 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 thr- I'm thrilled. I'm so excited for this pickup. Uh, he's to me, a great addition to the team. Um, and again, just for those reasons, he's a great three-point shooter, and he's a phenomenal defender. Um, and so he's going to be 31 this year. So he's not old. He's still in his prime. I love the pickup. I think it's a great move. And congrats to the Warriors for making a deal for the first time in a little while that makes sense. Um, the Warriors also invited um, Langston Galloway uh, to the tr- to tr- for training camp, I believe, to a training camp deal. So he's going to compete for a spot. I don't understand why Gary Payton II has not been offered a guaranteed contract. I Gary Payton II, first of all, I believe he's six four, so he's not like he's not a small player. Okay, he's a great defender. He's a great ball handler, and. When what you saw in summer league from him was incredible. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell the Warriors, "Hey, sign this guy," because he had one monster dunk, but that dunk was impressive. Big leaguers, men who belong in the NBA, make those kind of plays. And he's six three, so he's not small again for a point guard. I love that he's got the local Gary Payton pedigree. I love that. That's Oakland blood through and through. And why has he not been offered a permanent spot on this team? Because right now, if you look at the Warriors roster, these are the 15 players who should be on the team. All right? 
They have 15 spots, and it's likely they're going to fill all 15. Uh, Bialika, he's 6'10". They need a big guy, so he's obviously staying. Stephen Curry, obviously. Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, Jonathan Kaminga, Kevon Looney, Moses Moody, Jordan Poole, Otto Porter Jr., Clay Thompson, but he's in, he doesn't come back till December, so you're going to need to fill that role for a little while. Andrew Wiggins, as much as that drives me crazy, you know, if if either he gets vaccinated or the city makes an exemption for him, great. James Wiseman, the only true center we have on the team. That's 12 right there, okay? Avery Bradley makes 13. Now, Juan Toscano-Anderson, in my humble opinion... Did do enough to earn a roster spot, but I would have preferred Paul Millsap. They didn't add Paul Millsap. So so uh, Juan Toscano-Anderson is 14. And then 15 has to be uh, uh, Gary Payne II. It has to be. That's your 15. And then Chris Chioza, who Rick Barry loves. And if Rick Barry loves someone, I want him on my team. One of the biggest disgraces in the NBA is how much disrespect my friend Rick Barry has received from so many teams and individuals over the years. He is one of the brightest minds, not just in general, but especially when it comes to basketball. And I listen to him every single time he talks basketball because I know he knows the game as good, if not better, than anyone. And he's seen Chris Chioza play firsthand. He loves this kid. So until Clay Thompson comes back, I want Chioza. Michael Mulder, peace out, bro. Nothing personal. Sports is a business, but you got to go. And Damian Lee, you might have a spot for now. And I know he's got the family connection. He's Stephen Curry's brother-in-law. But I just don't see room for him when Clay Thompson comes back. I just don't. And that's your 15. And I do believe if the chips roll right, if the chips, if the, I'm sorry, if the, if, the, if the dice rolls in the Warriors' favor, this roster could be a championship team. But Wiseman has to be healthy. Clay Thompson has to be 90% of his old self. And the rookies have to at least contribute a little bit in their first years. And Kaminga is just such a big boy. I could see him contributing pretty fast. And Moses Moody, all you really need from him his first year is just make your threes. You know, just shoot the ball and make it. Don't do much else. Play good defense. Learn the system. And you're a part of this thing long term. So that's it, folks. Um, I do want to end end this show um, with this clip uh, from um, a, a podcast I did. The podcast is called Hashtag Lakers. It's a part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm really stoked and happy they invited me to come on. Um, I was joined with Mark Haynes of Clutch Points. He's going to be, he's a Warriors beat writer who's going to join me on this podcast some point soon. And we were asked to come on to talk about Kent Bazemore. Um, but really the first half of this segment was just talking about the Warriors. And and I was I was being critical. And I cannot tell people enough this, right? And in Dub Nation, I love you. I am trying to earn your love back and your trust, certainly. But I love the Warriors, but to me, there's a strong difference between being a fan and being a cheerleader. Okay, like one of my, I'm also like a diehard 49ers fan, and one of my buddies, Jesse, always goes, Hey, man, aren't you part of the faithful? Because I've been criticized, I criticize them a lot too, right? 
And my response is, dude, that is a fucking marketing term. You're just a sucker for the team convincing you to support them no matter what by using this term faithful. It's a fucking marketing term. Um, and the same with the Warriors, man. If the fans don't criticize the team, there's no accountability. You have to call them out when they're making mistakes. If, if, if every fan just said okay to every single decision that a team made, what's their incentive for changing things up? The fans have to hold the team accountable when they're making bad decisions. And so that's why I am not a cheerleader. I am a fan, but I do lay down the criticism when criticism is due, and I always welcome it back as well. And I'm going to leave you with uh, that segment that I did uh, with the Hashtag Lakers podcast. Hey, what's up? And welcome to the Hashtag Lakers podcast presented by betonline.ag and balance7.com. I'm Yo Legazzo. I'm joined by my brother, John Webb Legazzo, McKay Westbrook. And we also have a couple of guests on the show today to help us out here to, on our uh, player preview for Kent Bazemore. So we'd like to welcome uh, Cyrus Zatzas. And Mark Haynes, uh, who both cover the Golden State Warriors. So, guys, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, man. So, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Um, Cyrus, you, uh, you you host a podcast, right? Yeah, I, I host the podcast. It's called um, actually, it's 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 there's two podcasts, but I host oh. them with uh, Hall of Famer Rick Barry. I mean, he's the there we go. The show nice. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and so you know, we we so on Twitter our 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 uh, Twitter handle is Warriors Twenty Four Pod because we started off as as Warriors Twenty Four, and then now we got a little network going, so we got the Rick Barry Show, and then Warriors Twenty Four Seven, and uh, yeah, so that's that's what I do nowadays in the media game. And and Mark, it's nice to meet you too, man. I've seen you on Twitter posting about the Warriors, so it's good to talk to you. Hey, same to you, Cyrus, man. It's a pleasure. Yeah. So so Mark, you're you're at uh, you're at Clutch, right? Clutch Points. Yeah, yeah, I'm at a uh, clutch points, and uh, I'm going into my uh, this this is like my second rookie season in covering the Warriors. I started midway uh, last year in the Zoom era, and um, you know this would be my first season in the building uh, full time. Nice. So um, yeah, I have a couple of podcasts that I do year one where I talk to uh, NBA players about their rookie season, and um, yeah, I'm. I'm Happy to be here. <laughs> awesome, man. We, we we appreciate you both hopping on the show with us. Um, um and uh yeah, looking forward to this discussion about Kent Bazemore. Mm-hmm. Um so um bef- before we get there though, um, you know, I haven't really been paying attention to the Warriors uh this off season. Um just because I don't know. I'm I've been busy on obviously like um but um so, so how are the Warriors looking uh, from both of your perspectives? In my opinion, I think the Warriors are looking really good, especially when you look at the names uh, of who's on the roster. The problem with that is we don't know how healthy these guys are going to be. We got Clay Thompson, who's been out the last two years. Um, Wiseman is coming off coming off an injury that he took, had la- late in the season last year. And you added a guy like, you know, Otto Porter, who could be a really, really – he could really be a steal. Yeah, if he's healthy, that's the biggest issue. He played mm-hmm. like four, 44 games in the last two, three years, some some crazy like that. So I think the Golden State Warriors could be a really good team. It just really depends on health. Yeah, I, I uh, 
I, I agree with Mark in terms of the health thing, that if all the pieces come together in terms of everyone being healthy, the sky's the limit, right? But it's right, a huge right. if. And then, um, so I grew up a huge Warriors fan, but I, to me, there's a huge difference between being a Warriors fan and a Warriors cheerleader. And that's no no diss towards you, Mark. I'm speaking more towards just like Dub Nation and a lot of mm -hmm. like ridiculous fans out there who just are exhibiting and exuding all this optimism and positivity about this offseason. Whereas I'm seeing this team, and this is the first time I've ever questioned Bob Myers in terms of his decision-making. Um, I, I don't like that Joe Lacob and Gruber have decided to go cheap because I've never seen a, a team win a championship when they're penny-pitching at the same time. I mean, just the fact that they're sitting on that MLE, either be transparent and tell us, you know, like you're going to use it at some point, that you have some – unless you just can't tell us that, in which case you're, you know, you're a genius and, and you're just not telling us the whole picture – but Paul Millsap was out there and multiple reports stated that he would have come to the Warriors if they simply offered the, the mid-level exception and they wouldn't do that. And you look at this roster and they got no size. They have no size. Like, like Wiseman is the only big man on this team. I know Bialika, Bialika I, I, I always butcher his name. I mean, I know he's <laughs> tall, but he's also, I mean, I mean, there's a reason why he was available for the vet minimum, you know, and that's it. So I've never – you look at, like, the Lakers, for example. You guys, it once again, are a huge team, you know? I mean, you dominate other teams all the time, night in, night out, on the boards and with low post scoring. The Warriors are not going to do that. I mean, Wiseman is not even going to be ready to play at the start of the season. So Kevon Looney's your starting center again. The dude is, like, 6'8", 6'9". Um, your power forward is Draymond Green, who's 6'6", with shoes on. So – where you know so like they're just way too small for me like i don't and rick and i have talked about this a lot like like again if all the pieces come together and if everyone's actually healthy and andre Iguodala like finds a fountain of youth and Otto porter is healthy which by the way and i agree with you mark steal of the offseason if he's healthy um mm -hmm. but there's just so many ifs you know and i just don't like that and i just don't like this the fact that the team is still small now marcus all you guys traded away today he's going to be bought out by the grizzlies if the warriors sign him I'll feel a lot better about things. But right now, they're a small team, and you guys, I think, would school us. Yeah, man, I I, I kind of was thinking about your, your team as well, and uh, there, there, there's a lot of uh, young pieces, definitely a lot mm -hmm. of young pieces uh, in your team. And uh, mm -hmm. what gets me excited is maybe having, you know, Clay Thompson back. Um, mm -hmm. I think having Clay Thompson and obviously Steph uh, in the mix there is – is going to be a big, big deal, a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, Jonathan Kaminga, um, I'm, I'm super hyped about him. I don't know. I don't know why, but I'm like super hyped about no, Jonathan me too. Kaminga. I, I think all of Dub Nation is, man. I mean, I mean, I'm not hating on the draft picks, man. That was to me, like they scored with that, but they did. you're not going to win. You're not going to win now with them. You know, like, like, mm -hmm. uh, like Kaminga might contribute right, right. away to a certain right. degree, but, I mean, we all know this, man. Rookies just don't make a huge impact, like especially when you're trying to win a championship. And I mean, in year two and three, yeah, that's a whole different story. But um, I, I, I just, I mean, look, I know I sound like a total pessimist, but I really thought the Warriors could have done more to construct a better team if they're trying to win now. You know, they're, they're following the Spurs model, but the Spurs were like championship contenders year in, year out. Mm -hmm. And the Warriors are, are possibly going on year three of like, you know, barely being relevant. I mean, Steph Curry's the only reason why people even talk about him, you know? Um, 
Yeah. So sorry, going to be a hater, Dub Nation. I just, I just, <laughs> I, I, I feel like they can do so much more. That's all. Kaminga, Kaminga is going to be really good, and and but like you say, he's a future. You know, he is a pick for the future. It's not rookies sure. are not guys that you bring on right now. You mm-hmm. know, and expect them to win you a championship. You know, who knows how long he's going to play? I mean, how much he's going to play this season. But you know, hopefully, if he's able to give you productive minutes, it's a win. But you're not really expecting him to carry you. You know, through a, through a postseason run, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know that mm-hmm. it's. I, I feel like the Warriors are in a you know a, just a strange situation with 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 the injuries and like the lack of production they had in the offseason as far as free agency. Because you just don't know, you know, what you had if the guys were healthy. You know, like mm-hmm. last last season's team could have been decent. Now mm-hmm. I don't know if I, when I say they're going to be good, I don't, I, I'm not saying championship, but compared to you know these guys been out the playoffs, like they they've been horrible. You know, they, <laughs> they you know I, I don't see that you know coming this year as long as they're healthy. Yeah, I agree. Well, man, I I mean. Roster construction. I think. I think every team. Every team has a pessimistic view about how rosters are constructed. Every offseason, even the Lakers, who've, you know, in our own opinion, like we've we've in, we've, you know, loved everything that they've done and what uh, Rob Polinka has done. But there are obviously concerns. There are obviously question marks in everything that uh, that's done. Um, there's. Uh, still spacing issues, right? Um, that people are, are talking about, um, even though we've signed shooters and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but you know, <laughs> I, while, while I appreciate the the, the conversation on the, on the 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 Warriors, uh, because that kind of gives me a glimpse of sort of what to expect from the team as we we face them what four times this year right mm-hmm. um instead of the three from last year a full a full year now um mm-hmm. i do now uh kind of want to segue to kent Bazemore. but uh before we do that why don't we go ahead and take a, br- a quick break and when we come back we will uh get onto that we'll talk about his performance with the warriors and then also just talk about um how he fits his role with uh the lakers squad so um we'll kind of talk about all of that uh in in the next segment so welcome back to the hashtag lakers podcast i'm here with john webb mckay cyrus and mark um and yeah we're gonna go talk about uh, kent Bazemore now we're gonna do his uh preview and um first off let's go talk about how um he sort of performed last year with with the Warriors, and that's why we brought Cyrus here and and Mark here along, and to help us understand how he sort of did from um, from you know people who've co- who covered the Warriors last year. Go for it, Mark, please. Oh, okay. Well, my my first impression on Kent Bazemore, he's a, he's a great locker room guy, you know, and that and being but with the Lakers being so uh, so much. Uh, so mature, I'll say that. I ain't gonna call nobody old, but so mature <laughs> that um, <laughs> it's not necessarily <laughs> it's not necessarily needed over there. But why not? It's it, the more mm-hmm. the merrier. And then uh, as as far as what you're getting from him on the court and what what the Warriors did, um, he he, I think he's kind of surprised some people with his shooting. You know, he shot shot the three at um, you know just above forty percent last year. And he is he is pretty knocked down whenever he got you know open shots. And he's a he's a you know he's a wiry player. You know he's gonna get after it on defense. He he he's gonna draw foul or, or you know uh, foul make fouls commit fouls. 
And um, but he's just a solid player. He's one of those guys you probably don't want to play against, but you love to have him on your team. And he he's like I said he he's such for the Warriors he, in my opinion he was a really good locker guy. Um, when things were going bad, you know he took a lot of the, a lot of the tough interviews and answered tough questions with a smile. And you know he he he's just a a good dude to have on the team. Yeah, I I I, I agree with that. Um, first of all, I was really surprised that the Warriors apparently offered him the mid level exception. Um, I agree with Mark hundred percent that he, as, as a team chemistry guy, he was fantastic. Like, like Steph loved them and, um, you know, he clearly didn't cause any issues, but one night he'll light it up and you'll love him. And then the next mm-hmm. night he'll just stink up the joint. And, you know, so he never really had the consistency to like put a lot of faith in him as one of your key scores. Um, but the war, I mean, look, and again, this is, I don't know if this is testament to Bob Meyer starting to just lose marbles or he's like the secret genius and we haven't seen the whole plan yet, but look, Mar- Myers loved him. I mean, he, I mean, they offered him more years, more money and he chose the Lakers. Um, I'll say this, I'll say this about Kent Bazemore. Like I, I'm, I don't know anyone who was really that bummed that we lost him. Um, like, it's not like, it's not like heads were hanging down and we're, you know, the world was over and this is a horrible off season. It was just one of those things where, okay, we lost Kent Bazemore who we're going to replace him with. And, and that was it. Um, and I think shortly after they lost him, Otto Porter, Porter, Porter Jr. signed. Um, mm-hmm. so I mean, look, like, like your team and my team were, we're, we have a huge rivalry, so I'm going to, I'm going to throw some, some shade on your end and I'll say, uh, <laughs> all right, all right. Really was a really kind way of putting things for your, for your, uh, your grandpa team. And, uh, I, I like, hey, and, hey. and Kate, Kent Bazemore is not a guy I'd be excited about. So that's, I'll leave it at that. Go ahead, McKay. We, we're, we, we might be a little old, um, but Hey, our, we, we've shown that our players, they're, they're like Kobe. They age like fine wine, you know, <laughs> he was called Vino, you know, for a reason. Uh, uh, you have to pull the Kobe card. Yeah, uh, that's right. Always got to do it. Always got to do it. Uh, um, you know, the people who come over to, to Laker Nation, they do for a reason. Um, <laughs> don't forget that at the beginning of uh, Kent Bazemore's career, uh, he actually came over to the Lakers from Golden State, where yeah. he had a very small role. He wasn't really contributing much. And then uh, going to the Lakers is where he really got his big break. And he came out as an actual contributor and went on mm-hmm. to um, have a, a fairly significant role on um, a lot of teams out there. Um, so yeah. the, the thing that, that gets me excited about him is, I mean, first of all, I remember when he first came to the Lakers and how impressive he was, how, impre- how impressed I was by him and his level of uh, play being such a young player in that time. Um, but I think he's really one of those, uh, players that's like you know put me in coach like I'll go and do it uh, yeah and you know he's he's uh, also going to be hungry one of the things that I've noticed about some of these older players that we've gotten like DeAndre Jordan um, Carmelo Anthony Kent Bazemore you know they want to get a championship some of these guys haven't won a ring yet they're getting later on into their careers and they know that they got to make something happen now if they ever want to win a championship so you see these guys, they're out there in the gym, they're working hard. Um, they're putting it all on the floor and, and they're ready to give it all. They've, 
They've got the experience. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, Kent Bazemore shot pretty well from the field last year, and he didn't have to have the ball in his hands a ton. He only was uh, putting up like three attempts a game, and he was able to uh, to score pretty well. So I, I think that's a testament to his aging like fine wine. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I that's what I'd like to think of this Lakers team. Um, but, I mean, if you look at our roster in general and, and the players that we've picked up, it's – I mean, I feel like it's been power move after power move. Like the Lakers showing that, that they're the alphas – and mm. hey, I I know uh, you know sometimes it hurts a little bit to get to to have some rejection, but you know I think uh, Kent Bazemore saw the writing on the wall. He he saw what the Lakers <laughs> are going to be this season, and uh-huh. you know he he made his decision <laughs> on on the team. I think you know has the best shot to <laughs> to win um, the championship. I mean, they I could. hey, they, I'll I'll, I'll throw this out there for for Golden State. I. I really love Steph Curry. I love um, Clay Thompson. I think they're phenomenal players. I think when they're healthy, that they absolutely have the chance to come up and surprise anybody in the league and win a championship. But like you guys said, you got that big if this year, the big question mark with them being injured, you know, but mm-hmm. if, if anything, you guys have a real chance to win that the wheelchair league this year, you know? I love the Kent Bazemore acquisition. I actually really like it. And I think he's going to be a good spark off the bench for us. And you guys know one, another thing about uh, Kent Bazemore that I noticed last year, uh, towards the end of the year, you know, he relig- night, right throughout the whole year, actually, he religiously, you know, said Steph Curry was the best player in the world. Uh-huh. Now, I, I, I can't wait to see his first interview to where they ask the question about LeBron. Like, <laughs> now, now, that, now that he's a Laker, is, he, is, is LeBron the best now? Do it, do it, do his opinion matter just because of who, what team he's on? I'm also Absolutely. curious about that. I'm also Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, look, like all kidding aside, man, you guys are the clear-cut favorites in the West. And, and if LeBron, if you guys, if Anthony Davis didn't get hurt, you would have beaten the Suns, and who knows what would have happened last year. Um, you know, so I, here's my honest prediction, dude. I'm I'm baffled you guys offered Kent Bazemore because you didn't offer him the bed men, right? You gave him a little more money than that. I'm just a little surprised that both teams were willing to offer him the extra cash because my prediction is, A, if Anthony Davis stays healthy and your team stays healthy and everyone's playing and all that, you guys are the favorites to at least come out of the West and then to see you in the nets, right? That's what everyone's pretty much thinking. Um, but I honestly will predict this. I really believe this is that Kent Bazemore will be like the Jared Dudley on your team. He's never going to play. Uh, I just, I, cause I look at your roster really from one, from one to 14 and I just, I see way too many other players better than mm-hmm. him. I'm, I guess I'm just like a little surprised that it was really early in the offseason. So, so I mean, the, and the Lakers did so much more after that. But I really believe when I look at your roster that he's not going to play much. I, re- I just don't think so. And I guess I'm just surprised that both the teams offered him more mm-hmm. than the bed men. I mean, I, like, I, don't, I don't see what they're seeing in Kent Bazemore. You know, I mean, he's a great rah-rah guy and he'll have his nights here and there. But I just, I don't get it, man. He had his moment when he was, I think the Hawks is the team that offered him the, the big money. And so he can right. accept all these smaller deals now. But I, I don't, yeah, that's just my prediction. My prediction is like Kent Bazemore is going to be someone who is going to be a great chemistry guy for you, got chemistry guy, 
But unless like your roster is just riddled with injuries and he has to play, dude, he's going to be like the 11th or 12th guy off your bench. I, I, I really believe that. I mean, you know better than I do, but I, I've seen that roster and I've seen everyone you added and there's a lot more talent than him on your roster. I mean, am I wrong about that? I mean, what do you, I mean, what do you guys think? So here's the thing. I mean, you guys have, uh, have uh, mentioned chemistry and offense, but I think his true value is the defensive end for us. Hmm. This is going to be his bread on this Lakers team, and it's going to be what will compel Polinka to double down on him come next offseason on resigning him. We hmm. obviously, you know, the Lakers obviously lost our best point of attack defender in Alex Caruso. And I feel that need has somewhat been addressed with the addition of Kent Basemore. Uh, Again, you know, defense is is a big deal for us, for our head coach. And, uh, you know, this is where Bays is going to excel for us. He's 6'4". Um, I think one of you guys said about like 200 pounds, you know, bigger, bigger kind of wing. Um, mm-hmm. But he's got that reach to defend one mm-hmm. through three, maybe even some of the smaller fours, maybe, you know. Maybe not Kaminga anymore, but because you, you guys said he's, <laughs> he's huge now. But, you know, so, some of those smaller uh, forwards... Yeah. And that's what's going to be uh, his role in the, in this team. For for me, for me, I think I think there's there's two places where uh, he'll sort of excel with with the Lakers just because of the roster construction. Uh, first off, I, I want to piggyback off of John Webb and talk about his his defense. Uh, um, so according to B Ball Index, right? This is one of the stats here. Um, he, uh, he, he, according to Bebo Index, he was he was one of the best point of attack defenders last year. He hmm. was up there next to Ben Simmons and Alex Caruso, actually, in yeah, the, in top, the point of attack. Ten, right, right, um, and and like according to those stats, like it was better for for the Warriors to be. Uh, for him to be on the court than not uh, in terms of defense, just, just according to, to B-Ball Index. Um, so, I mean, you can take that for what it's worth, but I think that he will, I think he will, I think he'll kind of thrive, honestly, with, with Vogel. And, and I think like John Webb was saying that um, Vogel likes those types of guys on his team. Mm-hmm. Um, who understands defenses? Who can who can defend like like that? Um, and the second part is obviously his shooting, right? You guys, uh, Mark, you mentioned his forty percent shooting from last year. In terms of roster construction, or you know, when you when you look at ro- our roster, right, and you have guys like LeBron James and, and Russell Westbrook and Rajon Rondo, who could who can um, penetrate to the rim and then kick it out. Right, while the defense is collapsing on them, there's going to be someone open at the corner, someone open at the elbow, and that could be Kent Bazemore. And if he's shooting forty percent at the clip, then that's money, right? So that's that's right. um, that's what I see. But you you said Cyrus that he might not even get any minutes. He might well. Well, here's why. Here's bench. why, man. Because I'm looking at your roster right now. I think Carmelo Anthony is going to get more minutes than him. I think uh, he might. He might. I think Wayne Ellington's going to get more minutes than him. I think Talon Horton Tucker's going to get more minutes than him. I think Wesley Matthews is going to get more minutes than him. I think Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn, Rondo. I mean, so like, I, those are all players that I think will be having a bigger impact and playing more. I just don't see where Kent Bazemore fits in. You know what I'm saying? Outside of like being a rah rah like go team guy, guy. I don't know. I don't know. That's just what I see. 
from your roster and, and correct me if I'm wrong, man, you guys are the experts in the Lakers, but that's, that's just, you know, when I see this roster, I just don't see where he fits. I, you know, I don't know. Like, like, am I wrong? Maybe I am. I don't know, but when I, no, it's, I look at it's, it the same. I look at it the same way as far as like from, from a talent perspective, but when it, yeah, I, the way he he'll earn his minutes, obviously defense is his thing, but it's that shooting. I think it like you got mellow mellow's going to play. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. For sure. It, the other guys, you know, when it comes to Taylor or THT and, and Bays and Monk and, and Wayne Ellington, I think all those guys' minutes is going to be dependent upon how well they're shooting the ball. So I think it's going to be a, sh- a three-point shooting contest between mm-hmm. those guys on who's on the floor and who's not. Because, mm-hmm. But who's better? You know, I, I agree with you, you know, 100%. And it's one of those things sometimes you look at uh, – maybe the raw shooting stats and uh, things like that. And you, you try to determine uh, who, who the better shooter is going to be and, and throw them on the floor. But I mean, we really have, I, I feel like with our system, uh, like Yohan John Webb said, we really prioritize that defensive ability. And you look at somebody like um, Alex Caruso, who we brought mm-hmm. up through the G league, you know, he, was um, a player that nobody expected to to get minutes, but because mm-hmm. he had that defensive proficiency and he didn't have a great scoring ability. Sure, last year he he went and he lit it up from three, but um, he was one of those players that uh, nobody expected him to really get get a ton of minutes. But when you're a good two way player, or at least a dis- a decent two way player, mm-hmm. um, I think that's that's high priority for the Lakers. Um, our our defense is what has helped us to to win um, the the championship a couple of years ago, and uh, I you know I disagree a little bit. I I think he'll probably get more minutes than um, I would think probably than Wayne Ellington. Uh, you might be right about Carmelo Anthony. He he might not get as many minutes. We'll we'll see. That's that's kind of a toss up for me. Um, but uh, probably not as much as somebody like THT, but uh, I could see him going out there and, and earning the minutes. That's the other thing. Mm. If he goes out there and he really right. puts it on the floor, he's going to earn those minutes. Same thing right. with Rondo. You know, he, he came off and he was playoff Rondo. He earned his minutes and he became an integral part of our, of our team a couple of years ago, even though mm. everybody else was giving him crap, you know, the, the rest of the season and saying that he was washed up and old and everything. Um, but I don't know, you know, we'll, we'll see time will tell. Um, he's, uh, he's not really that old. He's 32. He's, mm-hmm. um, you know, still not, not too far away from, from his prime, whatever, uh, that really was. But, um, I, I'm excited for him just because I remember what he did last time. And, and I feel like he's been a decent contributor in the league since. One, one of the things that I am sort of, when I look at the Warriors season last year, right. Um, for the last, uh, uh, the final 17 games, um, he was, he was starting, right. He, he yeah. replaced, uh, Oubre, um, and well, the Oubre was hurt. I mean, oh, he and, was and hurt. Sure. When sure. Oubre came back, Baysmore kept the starting spot though. So yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Right. But right. That's and, what led to that. And, and he want the the Warriors. Obviously, they were they were trying to push to be in the playing tournament, but they won thirteen out of the the seventeen games, which mm-hmm. helped them obviously get into the playing tournament. Um, sure. So you know that's that's pretty that's pretty encouraging. Um, and with that sort of experience, I I don't know if if um, 
if he'll be left uh, on the bench uh, on uh, you know behind uh, the younger guys because it just, just I, th- I think Vogel values experience, Vogel values mm-hmm. defense, and you know that might that might trump um, any of what the other guys can could could offer. But you know who who knows? My, maybe Cyrus, Mark, you might be you might be right that he he, he might just be the Jared Dudley. Uh, but I, <laughs> but I was I, I was thinking that would be Rondo, but. Um, Which isn't but, bad. It's not a bad thing either. Yeah, right. You want a title with them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my, uh, my, this might be an unpopular opinion here, but I, I think with getting Kent Bazemore, I actually think that's an upgrade from Caruso. Agreed. Whoa. All right. I think <laughs> I'm, I'm cutting off. I'm cutting that yeah. off. That's <laughs> that Are we done? <laughs> we out? You're offending people. You're offending people. <laughs> All right. The end. No, <laughs> you guys are getting kicked off. No, we actually do have to end. So, yeah. but, but I really do appreciate uh, you guys, Mark, Cyrus. I really appreciate you guys hopping on the show. Yeah. Um, if you can uh, really quick, Put a plug in on where they can find you, like your Twitter handle, and then we'll 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 end the show from there. Yeah, Mark. All right, you can you can find me on Twitter at Mark Haynes NBA and Instagram Mark Haynes thirty three. Yeah, and uh, and and my Twitter account is uh, at Dog Surf Roadshow. It's a weird name. I love dogs. I love awesome. surfing. And I love traveling. So, and uh, and it's funny. I used to host a podcast like years ago that was called the Dog and Surfer Roadshow. Right. <laughs> on a, on Yahoo Sports back when they like were more relevant than they are now, and and uh, and the show got canceled, but the account was verified, and I was like, well, I'm gonna take the verified account over my own account, so that's just that's my Twitter account now is Dog Surf Pro Show. <laughs> nice, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Dog Surf Road Show. You can follow Rick Barry on Twitter at Rick Twenty Four Barry, and I think that's for all social media platforms for him. Um, he'll be joining me next week. I think the next show we do will be the Rick Barry Show. Um, and again, I'm on Twitter at Dog Surf Roadshow. You can follow this program on all social media platforms at Warriors 24 Pod. And I really thank you for listening. And uh, again, I, I love this Avery Bradley signing. Andrew Wiggins, get your head on straight, get the goddamn vaccine, and don't reveal ignorance, please. Okay? Don't be a dipshit. And Lacob, spend the money. All right? You got it. You can afford it. Use it. Let's win some more championships while this core is still in their prime. Love the Warriors. Love you all. Take care. Presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.